Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 199 with Payal Kadakia of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high-quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's up, fellow founders? Welcome to the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan. I'm the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and also the host of this podcast, coming to you live from hometown, homegrown, Melbourne, Australia. Now, you guys are in for an absolute treat today. Today's guest, her name is Payal Kadakia, and she is the founder of a company called ClassPass. Now, ClassPass is massive. Like, I'm going to assume that a lot of you guys have heard of this company. Uh, They're valued at close to half a billion dollars, and, uh, you know, it's a fitness subscription service, and uh, what they found, what she found was, like her and her co-founders found, was that what people really, really wanted when it came to, uh, you know, you know, finding your passions and, and you know, living like a you know a fun kind of healthy lifestyle is is when it comes to, you know, all the different things that you do. People wanted variety, so what ClassPass does is it offers and allows their members to attend a variety of fitness classes or, you know, boutique studios and gyms. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, this is a massive company. These guys are absolutely killing it. It's, a, it's an incredible offer, an incredible service. But basically, you know, it wasn't always just downstream sailing. It wasn't always easy street. Um, this product, you know, and this offering and ClassPass uh, itself wasn't, you know, what you see uh, today wasn't, you know, when they started it in 2012. So that's, you know, six, 
six years ago. Uh, the, the, the business model and the company itself has gone through actually quite a few iterations and, and pivots. And Payal and I talk about this uh, because many of you guys, you know, you might have just launched your product or you might have, you know, you're just about to launch your, your, your business and, you know, you want it to be the right thing. You don't want to, you don't want to fail. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to, you know, create something that's not working. And I think what's really incredible about Payal's story is we talk about that pivot and, you know, this happens to us at Founder. We launch so many different products and, and all these kinds of things. And we're testing so many different things. And we have to pivot all the time and tweak things and get things dialed in. And uh, there's a really great story. You're going to learn a ton from Payal. She's an absolutely incredible founder. All right, guys. So if you are enjoying these episodes, can you just do me a favor and share it? Uh, share this podcast episode or, or share this podcast with your friends or just tell your friends about Founder. Um, get them to go to founder.com, check out the magazine, check out everything we've got going on. We really are trying to build a household name entrepreneurial brand and really just lead charge of this entrepreneurial revolution. Uh, so guys, that's it from me. I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop rambling. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please do leave us a review uh, if you are enjoying these episodes. All right, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. Well, uh, the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? My current job? My, or uh, you mean my first job? <laughs> yeah, just the, the, yeah, your current job. How'd you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? Um, such a good question. Um, well, so I never thought, um, I, I never, you know, when I was younger, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. It's not like I woke up and I uh, was like, I need to do this and the rest for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I've always just been a really passionate uh, person. And in particular, I was passionate about dancing because that's my heart and soul. And, um, you know, I think I, you know, I always truly believe if you follow your passions, it'll lead you to where you need to be. And that's exactly what happened for me. Um, you know, I, I actually did have, um, I had two jobs before this. I was first at Bain um, doing consulting. And then I moved over and I worked at Warner Music Group. And I was working in the music industry and, um, you know, one day and I had built a dance company actually on top of my, my time at Warner, I just knew it was time for me to try something new and a few things that happened in my life at the time, but my mom, you know, and I talked and she was like, why don't you just quit? And I think that was the moment for me that freed me and sort of unleashed me into saying, I, what if I had, you know, the, you know, I felt like I had the capabilities of building something something massive that would change people's lives. I just didn't know what it was, um, but I needed to figure out what that was. And I gave myself uh, two weeks to think of an idea. And I luckily found an idea that was, I can, I'm happy to chat more about as well. Um, and I just knew it was on my mission to help people get connected back to their passions, especially because of how passionate of a life I had led. And so um, that's how I got the job. I mean, you know, and then I, uh, a company and I said I was going to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I'd love to know more around around how ClassPass came about because um, you guys have pivoted, you know, a couple of times with the model, absolutely. right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, the the time I'm talking about is roughly about seven years ago. So 2011 is when I quit my job, and I uh, first, you know, my first instinct was actually to build um, a search engine for classes. So 
you know, very similar to open table or, um, seamless web, or, you know, you know, one of these like aggregator platforms, my, my theory was, okay, why not do this in the class space, you know, and make it so you could find every class out there through one easy place. And so, uh, that was the original model. And when we launched it, it was, um, you know, and it took us a year, year and a half to build, And, um, you know, we had probably a million classes listed by the time we launched. And one of the things that we learned in that process was obviously, you know, we learned how to get all the real-time scheduled data and keep everything up to date, but we were missing a big part, which was what was going to motivate and inspire a customer to go to these classes, right? And to actually wake up one day and try a new yoga class or a boot camp or something they hadn't before. And that was really um, what we needed to pivot on. So then we started trying a new model out there, which was a $49 uh, discovery passport, where you had a month to try all these new things in your city. And, you know, one of the things we accidentally stumbled upon was that people loved variety. And, you know, to kind of give you a sense, this was three years into building the product, right? So we were in it for three years at this point. And um, we started building this product, which was the passport and it was a one month pass where you could try these studios and we thought people would then go back to these studios and commit. And then we would make some money off of the subscription revenue of them sticking with their favorites. Uh, what ended up happening is that people actually wanted to do the discovery pass over and over again. And they were, you know, frauding us in the sense of giving, signing up with multiple email addresses for the same product, which you're not technically supposed to do as we promised our partners, we would only send people once. And at the same time, you know, we, we saw that uh, this wasn't going to work for our partners either because we weren't going to generate any any recurring revenue. So that was when we decided that we needed to take a deeper look and also make another pivot. And that pivot was uh, the subscription model, which ultimately uh, was ClassPass. We actually were called Classivity at the time. And so we became you know, the Classivity ClassPass. We launched a subscription model. And in about three months, I knew we had really hit it on its head because I got these letters from people that just explained how this product, you know, really changed their life. And, uh, you know, they were looking forward to, to working out in a way they never had. And, you know, who looks forward to working out usually. Got you. And I'm curious, how did you meet your co-founders and, uh, how did, because yeah, you, you know, I know you worked at, um, you said you, you have a consulting background, you worked at Time Warner, but, um, this is like your first company, right? Like what inspired you to create a tech company? You know, it was really for me, I just believe technology can um, change our lives, right? And it already has, obviously. And I think if you can make things easier for people, they will do more. And so for me, it was all about, you know, there are thousands of events, classes going on every single day. If we could bring it to people's fingertips through technology, uh, we could get people to do more in their life and hence have them live a more fulfilling life. And I think, um, you know, I went to MIT, so I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, um, you know, I feel like everyone at MIT is a bit of an engineer. And so I loved this concept of problem solving. And, uh, you know, I, I think for me, I've always just been really obsessed with helping people live better lives. And I just thought technology could really play a really big part in that. Mm. One thing I've been thinking about a lot, right. Is, um, because I think it's, you know, ClassPass is massive. Every time I go to the States, everyone's always talking about it. And, you know, I, I first heard of you guys in the States and you guys, you know, true like market domination everywhere, right? And one, yeah. thing I, one thing I've been thinking about a lot, and I always like to ask this one is, 
you know, this is your first business. How much of it do you think is, is luck versus skill versus, you know, you've got great co-founders and, you know, the team and like, yeah, cause it, cause a lot of people, like it's usually either that it build these really successful businesses like a class pass. It's some, most of the time it's their second or their third or their fourth, you know, it's, it's many different tries. So you've got a pretty good strike rate. I'm curious to hear why you think that is. Well, um, it's a great question. I believe uh, you create luck, right? Um, and that luck is formed, though, from a combination of a lot of things. I think one is just having faith, right? In the sense of um, you need to be able to have the optimistic outlook of I'm going to solve this and know that your your heart and soul is in it because, I mean, you know, things get hard. They absolutely do. And, um, you know, and, and by the way, right, it's always it's always a a success story in hindsight, right? At the end of the day, right? There were, it's always been a seven year journey, um, you know? And so I think it's one is just having that faith and optimism, you know? And I think um, if you truly focus on the success, like what you want to create in the world, I believe you can create it because you're so uh, focused on actually making it happen. Um, And then, you know, the other, other, you know, two things I would say is perseverance. Like you just, need to persevere in the face of anything, in the face of any no, in the face of any constraint, you need to find a way through. And I think the best entrepreneurs, it gets easier to do. It's obvious. I think it's actually harder to do in the beginning. And I think pivoting actually taught me that a lot. It taught me that, you know, it's actually better to keep uh, reinventing and moving forward versus kind of getting stuck. And then um, let's see, the last one I would say is just, you know, hard work. I mean, you know, luck is, is, it's people who've worked hard, you know, at the end of the day and, um, you work hard. So all those trains line up around the same time. Right. And you can't force it, but, uh, you have to have that insight to be able to connect the dots and make sure that things are kind of happening at the right time. But I, I always truly believe like if you're a mission oriented founder, like if you're developing something good in the world and truly are doing it from, um, from a true why, right? Like from a real deep reason of why, and you're really working hard to solve it. It's not about luck. Like when I think about class pass working, I think about the people's lives we've touched, you know? And I I don't think we were like, okay, well, if uh, this person goes and then, you know, this is the calculation of this is what's going to happen in the beginning. Actually, I think we did the overdid that. And finally, what we needed to actually just do is build a product for our customers. And when we did that, we ended up really figuring out this mission, figuring out what we really wanted to create in people's lives. And the product spoke for itself, right? Even when I think about building any big brand, it's all about changing behavior and getting people to live a different way. Like I think about Airbnb in the same way, like who would have thought people would be okay with strangers living in or being in their beds, right? And now everyone's totally okay with that, Mm. you know? And so it's all about changing people's perception and their behavior. And if you build a product that does that successfully, I believe you can really change the world. And when you talk about hard work, like, you know, and, and I'm not sure what, um, you know, class pass is valued at now, but, you know, we're, let's talk, let's just say, you know, let's say it's a you know, half, half a billion dollar plus valuation based business. Like how, how hard have you worked? Like, are we talk like to build a business that size, like, do you, do you 70 hours, 50 hours, 40 hours? Like I know, like you said, you're very passionate about dance. Do you still have your other dance company? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I am always working. Like my brain's always on. I think, uh, 
you, even if I'm, you know, actually when I think of me dancing or working out or any of these things, like the reason I actually think it's important is because I feel like it's all, it's all connected, right? I'm always solving some creative problem in my head while I'm dancing. Right. And, Mm. um, I believe your brain's always hard at work if you let it be. And so it's important to, you know, I actually believe it's important to work all parts of your brain. Right. And that's actually part of, I think, you know, one of our really underlying, um, important, you know, philosophies behind class passes, it's important, you know, to be mentally and physically strong, right. Because you can solve and challenge yourself to do more in real life. Right. And mentally challenge yourself. So I think it's all connected. I think, uh, I live a very full life in the sense of, um, I plan everything into my calendar and, you know, I'm one of those people, like I, I actually do need sleep. Like I'm not, I can't, I can't operate without sleep, but I'm one of those people, the second I wake up, I am like 150% until like the second I sleep. Um, and I, I love living my days like that. And I make every day full of, you know, full of dance work, like everything I need to do. And I think the other part of it, um, when I think about hard work is it's also about focus, right. And it's about being able to not waste your time on things that aren't important. And I think I've, I've learned, I've had, you know, I've learned to do that in my life. And I think I've just actually been like that since I was younger. I've always had this weird discipline in me to get my work done and, and to like plan things and actually enjoy the process of it. Right. And then, you know, be able to go in, uh, and, uh, you know, work or hang out or dance after. But I think for me, it was always about getting, you know, good grades in school or getting my work done. And I did it to myself. I like built this, my own self-discipline since I was very young. Mm. So when, it, when you said you're always on, cause I, I think it has to be an obsession, like to build anything of, of true worth and significance, changing the world, impacting the world in a big way, like a class pass, it has to be an obsession. Right. And you know, you said Absolutely. you're always, you said you're always on, do you sometimes struggle to stay present, uh, when you're, you know, kind of with family or friends because you are always on and do you have any, like, what do you do to, to manage that? Yeah, I absolutely do. And, you know, I think it's, it's actually, it's, it's why I've actually now I schedule in the time and I set goals for myself with my family and friends as well, mm-hmm. because yeah. I actually believe the same way I am passionate about everything else in my life. I, want to be passionate about my family and my friends as well. I've actually developed my own uh, goal setting uh, uh, methodology that I use for this, but it's something where, you know, I, I want to, if I'm going to go see my family, you know, I, I try and make sure that, you know, I've, I've done enough work, if that makes sense, to make myself um, at a point where I'm going to show up. And honestly, there are times where I know I'm not there and I'll cancel because I think it's a waste of time to go to something where you're not present. And I actually know that my friends, my family, like they appreciate my thoughtfulness and my presence. And I would rather make it up to them at a time when I am than kind of go and be there and not connect with anyone because it's just, it's not helpful for anyone um, nor meaningful. Yeah. And can you tell me like, what's the goal for like how many work hours? Like what's the, what's the magic number per day or, or, or during the week? I, or? I think it's all day. So <laughs> I don't want to, I think it's more of, um, I think you do as an entrepreneur, you, you work all day, but you have to take care of yourself and that goes in. Right. And so even if I am finding time to go to a dance class or work out like it's a part of pile working hard if that makes sense like it's kind of like I am not going to do the rest of it without being fueled I think of it as fuel I don't think of it as I'm working or not it's what's the fuel I need to keep working 
um, the same way people need food, right? Um, it's a very similar thing for me, but I, in my, you're always working. There isn't, it's going to, it's, it's very hard as a founder. It's a child. I don't know anyone who, you know, is going to be like, I need to stop taking care of my child. Right. Uh, it's there. It's always going to be there. And once you start something and I, you know, that's why I think it's always important for founders to start a company that they are unbelievably obsessed with the mission about. I always say like be mission obsessed, not product obsessed, because you want to take, if you're not willing to take that mission and try and solve it for, you know, 20 years plus, or take it to your grave, like it's maybe not the right thing for you because it shouldn't be a job because it's not. Mm. Yeah. The reason I'm asking these questions is because I find it, I'm interested in, in what it takes. Like what does it take to build something the size of a class pass? And, um, yeah, look, I really appreciate your transparency. So, so tell me about the mission. Like, where where do you see? Where would you like to see? What's the vision, the mission for ClassPass in five to ten years from now? What's the uh, Everest mountain that you and your team are climbing? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the coolest things is, um, you know, I believe ClassPass has a relationship with customers that no other product has, and that relationship is around time. And we have people, you know, book multiple hours of their life every, every month on our platform. And that is something that you don't do on any other app, right? When you, you actually go on and you schedule things um, that you're going to go do and say yes to because of us. And we've now done over 45 million reservations. And I think of that wow. as 45 million hours of people's lives we've touched. Right. And I think about what, um, you know, our expertise is as a company and, you know, it's like very similar to Amazon in the sense of like, I truly believe like Amazon started in books, obviously, right? But their expertise is not necessarily about the book. It was about getting it to your doorstep, right? You ordering it and getting it to your doorstep. And I think very similarly, you know, the ex expertise of ClassPass is, you know, getting you to discover something, say yes to it, schedule it in and attend. And I think there are many amazing experiences and things in people's lives that they can do um, where we could help them get there and attend that they haven't done before. And I just think there's a magical, um, you know, feeling with that because there's really no, no, you know, customer brand or not even, you know, app that really just helps you place your time and time is the most important thing we all have. And, um, I truly believe that's something that, you know, ClassPass has that's really unique and truly what makes people love us is because we give them special time in their life and hours to focus on themselves and we helped get them there. So when they feel better, they're thankful to us, right? Because we helped motivate them to get there. Hmm. So it sounds like that you guys have a plan to move into other verticals, not just kind of classes or fitness related or dance. Yeah. The, yeah. the North star of the company is, um, is around that. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously you, you know, every company it's important to focus. Right. And I think, for us, we, you know, we figured it out really well in one category and, um, yeah, we're, you know, looking forward to continue to expand that. Yeah. Amazing. And one thing I'm, I also wanted to touch on when you talked about perseverance, I agree it is difficult to know when to persevere and not. And, you know, when you, you know, the, the first iteration of the company Dabble NYC, which you said was like a search engine, how did you know to pivot versus 
like like what like what advice do you give to founders how do you know when it's not working like how do you gauge versus going down this path that you know is the right you know you found your business model right you were seeking it and now you've found it you're sticking with it like how do you know versus perseverance yeah well so you know there there was one major problem right so i was solving a problem which was how do i get people to class right yes and i had zero maybe 10 reservations over a year so to me the actual, I wasn't solving my problem, right? And so I think a lot of people get stuck because you have to know what problem you're solving, right? It's, and it's usually, this is kind of where I always like love going back to like, you need to know what problem you're solving and the mission, um, your, you know, you, the mission you have, because without that, it's very easy to kind of say, well, here's the product I want to build. And why aren't people, why don't people like the product I built, right? But it's, it's, it's easier to sort of pivot when you kind of, know that you're trying to solve a problem and you might need to actually just try a completely different solution on how to solve that problem. And the solution can be a different product and you have to kind of be okay with moving in a different direction. But, you know, none of these things are ever failures. And I think it's also important to learn from wherever you are and then very quickly be able to say, oh, well, our data is telling us this, or we are completely off the mark. If you're completely off the mark, like, try a total different solution to solve that problem, right? If you're close, then it becomes a little bit more about optimizing. Mm, I see. So so you guys just kind of had your metrics that you were looking for and just they just weren't, it just wasn't really working and you just knew that you had exactly. to change. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And and it's more than a metric. Like I think uh, it was the heartbeat of of the company, right? Without a, re- without a reservation, we had no business. We had no impact. We had no... Uh, no partners, right? And so I think it's always important to know what that metric is for any company when you're starting it to know what your true north is. Like, what are you? It's obviously easy to get caught in revenue, but revenue actually isn't always the best indicator either, right? Or profit, and necessarily because you actually have to know if your product is working. And engagement is a total different metric, especially in a subscription business. Mm. So what are your guys' biggest challenges right now? Like, I don't know of any other competitors in this space. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there must be some, right? But what what are your biggest challenges right now in terms of growth and reaching, you know, like I said, we talked about that that mission and that North Star. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're constantly expanding into new cities. I mean, I think uh, – What's really amazing is that there's um, a lot going on in digital as well as in the physical environment for for fitness today. And I think for us, you know, we're really excited to um, be able to reach more people through a digital component of our business. So that is something, an opportunity that we actually are, um, you know, really excited to be. We're, we're launching something new this this year where people can work out from anywhere, and we think that's great because we know so much about what people love about fitness and we want to bring that to more people. So, you know, that's definitely an area that we're working on. Um, And, you know, we're just making our product better and better and work to work for more and more people. Um, You know, it's, it's amazing once you have a platform and this many eyeballs on you and it's great to be able to continue to get them to, um, you know, engage in different areas. So we've also realized like, while some people like studio boutique fitness, other people might like going to the gym. So we're working on different ways to connect more with, gyms and bring, you know, even a more robust product out there. And, um, so does that sound, so you're going to do like some, eventually maybe some sort of virtual reality stuff. Eventually it's that kind of the, pattern. it's going to be yeah. a live, um, a live class. Yeah. Hosted from our studio. Um, 
and it'll be a live class where people um, can have a they'll have a heart rate monitor at home and we'll be we'll be uh, tracking it all real time so you can work out in real time with other people. Yeah, wow, that's so cool. Um, yeah. One thing I have to ask you as well, we have to work towards wrapping up was um, just on the business development side. I imagine it would have been really tough in the early days, like you said, that you know, you, you building a, a truly impactful brand, you have to change people's perceptions. Like, um, and just on the business development side, working with the studios, that that is that at the time that might have been a quite a foreign concept. Even to now, like to this day, you guys, I'm sure, must have some challenges and difficulties with working with other studios. I just love to hear, like. How, how, like, did you, were you doing the biz dev and tell me like around how you pushed through that? I'm sure you would have got a lot of rejections through a lot of studios and, and all sorts of things, right? Yeah. yeah. Am I right there? That would have been so really tough, right? Um, you know, it was, it was tough, but at the same time, a lot of, we, you know, we started in this market, I think when a lot of studios started opening and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of them needed some marketing help, right? They needed ways to uh, get in new customers. And actually many of them were offering a first class for free. That was actually our, our passport product, that middle product we had mm. was actually packaging together free classes for people. And so they were, you know, just trying to get someone to come in the door. And so for us, what we really wanted to help them with was bringing new clients into the door because we realized how intimidating it was for anyone to sign up for, you know, a studio at a point, right. That they hadn't been to before. And that really became like the cornerstone of um, how we first started. And what's nice is when we actually pivoted a bit more to the subscription, we started going to the studios and saying, Hey, we don't want to offer you zero. We actually want to pay you now. Right. Because we had, uh, we increased the price and we were able to sort of pay them on a more recurring basis. And so I think what was, what was great is we, we really approached this by understanding the businesses of our partners, meaning, um, you know, we went in, we, we tracked inventory utilization and capacity. So we walked in there not saying we want every spot, right. Which we know that there's other places that have, have done that. And I think have actually been, um, not great for growing these businesses. And I think for us, we were like, well, we only want to really send clients to you for your excess capacity. And so we would go and study that with them a little bit to see when they needed space or, or room. And I think a lot of that, you know, they, they weren't able to always look at that information. And so we were able to provide that to them and also show them across industry stats and metrics that also help them continuously grow their, grow their business. But at the end of the day, it was really about volume. I mean, many of these, um, studio owners have fixed cost businesses, right? And so we were really just trying to send them incremental revenue any way we could with new leads that would uh, fall in love with their studios. Mm, That makes sense. So you just made it all about them and and how you can provide them as much value as possible. Absolutely. I mean, our partners are, you know, they're our customers too. And at the end of the day, like like I said, we're connecting people to our amazing partners, right? They're the ones who actually are offering the class. And uh, I think it's a really important thing to make sure that they are valued and they know that they are the at the crux of you know everything that has made class pass class pass. Mm, love it. And um, you know, a couple last questions before we wrap. Uh, can you have it all? Like uh, you know, you've got a great company. You're having a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, you're growing quite fast. You're making a big impact on the world. Can you have it all? Is it ever enough? Uh, such a beautiful question. Um, 
I think it is um, having it all is a matter of perspective. And I think uh, it changes over your life, over your time, over your company's journey. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it's all about having, um, like, like I said, it's all about purpose and what your purpose is and what your company's purpose is. And if, you know, I, I don't think every company needs to be huge. And, you know, I've, I've always, uh, been like, even talking about this recently, cause I think so many companies are raising capital and I'm, you know, sometimes I'm like, look, if you want to have, like, if you really love like making cupcakes or, you know, doing something that is very like, you know, one-off with a customer, like you don't necessarily need to raise capital, right? Like you can really be a great entrepreneur and have a small business and still be changing people's lives. Right. So it's a matter of, it's a matter of what your purpose is. And I think, um, everyone's is different. Hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not sure if you're comfortable answering it. And by all means, if you're not comfortable answering it, please just tell me. Um, so one thing you mentioned around uh, being mission focused and you're obsessed with the mission, you know, don't be product focused, be mission focused. Right. And, you know, you guys have raised, you know, you just did a, in, you know, May last year, you did a series C, you raised 70 million. Um, you know, so, you know, you guys have raised a, a, a large proportion amount of capital and, you know, you do have this lot really like, you know, from the sounds of it, very, very, uh, you know, long-term vision for the company. But when you, I guess, you know, raise capital and, and sell equity in your company, there, there is that intention to sell one day and, you know, a form of, you know, liquidity will take place. So what I'm curious around is for founders that are, you know, tossing and turning between, you know, selling shares within their company to, you know, raise capital to grow faster. And then, you know, obviously an, an exit will be assumed at one point in time. How does that make you feel? And would you be comfortable with the thought of potentially having to sell ClassPass because, you know, investors want to return? It's a, it's a interesting question. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I think for me, I will, I'm a, I'm a very ambitious, uh, you know, clearly optimistic, dream-oriented, visionary founder. Mm. At the same time, um, I'm also practical, right? At the end of the day, and I think uh, I think it's always finding that blend. And I think uh, you know, it's important to be able to look at the numbers and what's right for you know your customers, your partners, your business, and at the same time, continue to keep moving forward. And you know, one of the principles um, I think I've really lived by with the company is you earn the right to do the next thing. Right. And I think, uh, I think that's a really important thing. So I think when you, you know, when you're at a point where, you know, you're making lots of money, you can invest more in your product, right. And keep growing. Um, and I think like, that's a mentality I have in terms of, you know, I think I've also surrounded my, you know, my team, my board with people who are, who are here because of this big vision and because of what I, you know, what I was just talking about earlier. So I think it's hard when people aren't aligned. I, I can I can definitely see that happening in companies, and I think it's tough. But I think what's nice is everyone's here for the for the big vision. But obviously, at the end of the day, you know, markets change, things change, and you have to be practical as as well. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to think about that as well. But you know, I spend most of my time dreaming. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, look. Uh, last question, Pale, uh, is uh, where's the best place people can find out about yourself and your work? Uh, I would say on Instagram. I feel like uh, that's where I probably post the most stuff. Okay. Uh, what What is your Instagram? It's just, it's just uh, your name, right? 
Yeah, it's at Pyle. Yeah. Yep. P A Y A L. Awesome. And uh, if people want to find out more about ClassPass, then go to classpass.com, right? Absolutely. Yep. ClassPass or even at ClassPass, the Instagram handle. Awesome. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute Thanks pleasure. So much, yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.